encouragement related to small groups and, and learning in particular. And uh, I'm going to share with you some words that I came across in my own reading this week uh, while reading in the book of Deuteronomy uh, that, actually, that actually blew me away. In fact, I've had lots of those moments. Um, you know, we, we, we always credit Desi with reminding us or teaching us about the slow read. Um, but the slow read is amazing. So you're probably going to hear me talk about that a lot in, in, you know, just when I get up here. The slow read, there's something to that in the quiet and in the calmness. And you just let the word of God speak. Let it say what it says and not go into it kind of already knowing. You know, we all tend to approach the word with what we think we already know about it. But when you let it speak out to you. And so it's in the midst of that slow read that I've had like profound aha moments uh, about God. And so uh, in the, the Deuteronomy where I am toward the end, you know, it's, it's, you know, we've been through this whole journey with the Israelites from the time they came out of Egypt to all those 40 years uh, in the wilderness. And uh, that's a very popular story. Uh, but on their way from Egypt, and the, the, the destination being the promised land. And, and my goodness, there are so many lessons. I could preach from this time next year and still not be finished with the lessons uh, that are a part of that story and that journey. And I found myself like David, you know, I've said this several times in the middle of this Bible study, my cup runneth over. And I'm being maybe a little bit dramatic, you know, but that's how rich the word is. Like literally, it fills you, it blows your mind. And I don't know if you've never had that kind of excitement about God and his word. If you never, like, I encourage you again, to get in there. And so uh, I'm going to pick up at the part of the story where at last, you know, Israel is at the end of this journey, and they are just on the brink of passing over into the promised land. And God instructs Moses to, you know, review the terms of the covenant with the people. You know, because this is, you know, now there's generations. This is 40 years you know, that, have, that have come and gone, and they're different places, and God has given them part of the covenant here and part of the covenant there. And he goes, let's, let's review it all before they go over. Right? Cause I, need, I want them to go over in a right place. I mean, you know, Israel was not in the right place by the time they hit that spot. In fact, one of the profound things that I read that I hadn't noticed before was that God said to Israel, like, don't think you're going in because you're so good. He flat out told him that, right? I'm, I'm going to fulfill this promise, but I'm going to fulfill this promise because I made it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It has nothing to do with you. You're rotten, right? You're hard-headed, you're idol worshiper. I mean, he just called them out in, in no uncertain terms. And so anyway, God's true to his word, even though they didn't deserve it. How many of you know you don't deserve it? You don't deserve God's grace. You don't deserve his mercy. Neither one of us have done anything to deserve the goodness that God has, has given to us. And they didn't deserve it either. He let them know that in no uncertain terms. Uh, so they're on the brink of going over. Moses is reviewing this covenant. And he tells them how uh, and he reviews the terms of the covenant. And then he talks to them, and it's obviously Moses is God's mouthpiece, and he's telling them about how life will be if they follow God, how they will be blessed, and how life will be if they don't, how they will be cursed. And then he drops it right on in, and not a, not a if you don't stray away, but when you stray away, because God already knew that, that they were going to stray away. You know, when you stray away, and he lays out all these things that are going to happen when they stray away. And that's a whole other story for a whole other lesson. I can't get into that. But I'm going to pick up at Deuteronomy 30, verse 10. I'm going to just share with you uh, the word that jumped out to me uh, and two particular pieces of that word in the midst of that. So Deuteronomy uh, 30 and 10 says, The Lord your God will delight in you if you obey his voice and keep his commands and decrees written in this book of instructions. And if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, 
this command I'm giving you today is not too difficult for you. And it's not beyond your reach. I hope that word is that right there. You know, just because God was speaking to a certain people doesn't mean that those words don't apply to us. What God has given us is not too difficult. And it's not beyond our reach. It's not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey it. It's not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask who will cross the sea to bring it to us so that we can hear it and obey. No, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it. So God has not made his word. God has not made these words of life so abstract. He hasn't made them so far from it. They're, they're, they're close at hand. And then he says, now listen. This is verse 15. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve uh, and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that, I, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants may live. So it's evident in this text that the understanding of God's word and living it out is crucial to living a life that's pleasing to God, right? You can't do it without it. That's why God kept pounding his word into him, right? You need these words to live. Not the words of the people around you, not the you need these words that I'm giving you to live. And so in our small groups, you'll notice that the past, for those of you who are, who are in small groups, that you know, two of our core values that we studied so far are word and discipleship. And I'm telling you today that word and discipleship are inextricably intertwined. You can't have one without the other. You, in order to be a disciple, you must engage with God's word. You must allow that word of God to transform you as we shared uh, in this last lesson. And so you cannot be a disciple uh, without, um, without knowing God and following his words. And aren't we a blessed people? Because like Moses said, the message is very close. We have such unfettered access to the word, literally the words of life, that I'm wondering, and this is my thought today, how much we really appreciate what we have. How much we appreciate the access we have. Access in terms of how many different ways the word is available to us. I mean, we have Bibles galore. We got Bibles in every language. You got Bibles in different versions. You know, if you can't understand the KJV, then get the message, right? It's my ghetto version that I love, right? <laughs> right? Or get the NLT. My point is that God, God it's, it's available in so many, on your, on your phone, on my computer, you know, on your tablet. I mean, you, you know, I feel like you know, Dr. Seuss right here, you know, with green eggs and ham. You know, you can have it here. You can have it there. You get my point. That's how accessible the word is. The word is available to us everywhere just about. There's no reason for us in America, at least, to be starving of the word of God. So, in, in, um, but, but also access, not just access in, in the format, but access 
uh, to learning and community. You know, I've heard missionaries uh, to countries like Africa talk about, you know, when word got out that they were going to have a service somewhere, that people would walk. They would start walking days before. Anybody heard those missionaries talk about that? They would start walking days before. Oh, there's going to be some crusade somewhere. There's going to be some, okay, rally up the family, put the babies on your back, get all the goods, and we're going to start walking for days to get there, right? That doesn't happen unless you're hungry. That doesn't happen unless you're desperate for the word of God, right? And so the people, yeah, they were desperate for the word. So here in Newark, we have small groups online. I told you it's a shameless plug. Some of us see this access as amazing. Yes, right? I can, I can, I can engage with the community of God and I can access the word of God, right? on my tablet, on my phone, in my home. Uh, Sister Karen, she, she's on a, she, she's using, small group usually hits on her commute home. It's not unusual to see Sister Karen on the bus, right? Standing up with her phone, right? Tuned into small groups. I'm not kidding you, I'm not, uh, that's a true Karen, right? She, she's on the phone, on the bus, on the way home. Tuned into small groups, you know? Trying to keep her balance and answer a question. Sister Lady, you know, she wanna make it up, right? Right, she's trying to engage with that word. I'm talking about what you do when you're hungry, when you understand the value of the word of God, right? And so I just wonder if we understand fully the privilege we have and, and what we have access to that, you know, some of us get it. You know, we don't have to leave our homes. Some of you remember Wednesday night Bible studies here or maybe wherever you fellowship, how, what a hassle it was sometimes to get home from work, you know, fix dinner for the kids, you know, throw them all in the car and ride all the way down to Newark or wherever you fellowship at the time. Was, right, you don't have any of that, no commute. You know, it's, it's a low hassle way to access. Again, community and word. And some of you see it as an inconvenient. I don't like devices. How many of you made a phone call this week? But Jana, I, I wanna, you made a phone call. You just picked your phone up and you just called somebody. Uh-huh, some of you being stubborn. I know you called somebody this week, right? <laughs> you, you, can, you can get on a small group by making a call. Call that phone number, beep, 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 put that code in, right? And we might see your face. Sister Iris Penn is 80-something years old, probably on the brink of 90. And she's on that phone, Sister Leah, it's me. Sister Diane, it's me. Right, we have a running joke because Diane get kicked off all the time, right? Something about the phone. <laughs> and Sister Jackie, something. But my point is, if you can make a phone call, you can get connected. Amen. Right, all I'm trying to say is, I wonder if we're fully appreciating what we have access to. We're going somewhere. We're going to the promised land. Amen. Not the same one the Israelites were talking about, but we're going to go to that heavenly home that lasts forever. I challenge you today, right? The message is very close. Oh, that you would choose life that you and your descendants may live. And that's just a taste.